You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 160 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by, as always, our co-host, Dakota Davis. Today's episode features the two of us. The, uh, the topics we have tonight, as you can see in the title, are Justin Amash is running for president. Um, he is uh, the only non-white man who's now in the race. Um, Indiana is opening back up from our quarantine days. The stay-at-home order is about to be lifted. There's a five-stage plan, and we're going to go through all five stages and tell you what they mean and what they mean for small businesses and what would be best for small businesses during this opening up time. And then we are also going to be talking a little bit about rural broadband and about 5G, the towers that are in Henry County, what that means for all of its citizens and and, uh, the good news that comes with that as well. The show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. Hopefully, you'll always learn something new. Uh, this is our last show on Zoom. So if you've grown to appreciate this distance crap uh, that we've been going through and the lower audio quality and uh, to me not being able to reach out and bother Dakota, then, uh, then I have bad news. Next week, we're back together in studio. I've enjoyed it. I've been starting work at six for the past three weeks. So yeah. it's been, it's been great to not be uh, out super late, but I think that I'll be starting. How old are you? You think that like getting home at nine o'clock is super late. Listen, I'm still getting up and trying to exercise at three forty-five in the morning because of this. It's well, maybe not that early. I three forty-five in the morning. I sleep in past that most days. That's that yeah. was a dishonest that, statement. That is just a blatant lie. I, I usually you're not a truth up. teller, Dakota. I usually I, I still wake up about my alarm is set for four fifteen. Okay. I was trying the three forty five, and it was just that was too much. There's no way to get adequate amount of sleep, especially with a baby. I feel like if you're getting up at three forty five in the morning, you're just hiding from your family. Three forty five is a it's a it's a time that most people don't realize happens twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that know that it happens twice. They work midnights. <laughs> yep, yep. I've done that. Listen, second shift was my favorite shift that I ever worked in my entire life. I worked second shift at Ball Memorial Hospital and we did four tens and it was absolutely perfect. I, I loved it. I, I, I could get down with the, the four tens. The working four days a week sounds, sounds lovely. I, I'm not sure about the seconds, especially as you get, as, uh, as Jackson starts to get older and gets into school. Right, right. Second, yeah, seconds would absolutely family. not work. The disclaimer there is I was a single man whenever yes. I did that. Yep. So it was, and I was also remodeling my first house. So for like that month and a half that I was doing that, I, I got so much stuff done around the house. It was unbelievable. Very good. We got some people to thank. You got a list? That's right. Uh, we have to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. Patreon are the folks who pay the bills around uh, around the place whenever we're in the studio. We still have an electric bill and we still have rent that is due even though we're not using it right now. Those bills still have to be paid. And the people at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty are the folks that make it happen. You can sign up at, uh, at any level. You can do custom amounts. Uh, intern Mason Rotting House joined for like $1.36 a month. Um, but the tiers actually start at $5 a month and you get admitted to a super secret Facebook group. You get show notes before every episode that has uh, links and the topics that we're going to discuss. And you also get access to a private live stream every week and a bonus episode every week. So you get all kinds of things. And if you support us at $50 or more a month, then we give you a shout out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Jonathan Phillips, Chris Lamb, 
Craig DaCosta, and Christy Avery. And I know that Craig DaCosta is going to ask what we're drinking tonight. So I, so this is for you, Craig. I'm drinking brand new to me, Jameson Black Barrel Irish Whiskey. And uh, this is about as close to American whiskey from Jameson that you're going to find. <laughs> it's very good. I am I am south of the uh, south of the border. It's the first time I've hosted Boss Hog from out of state. I'm down in Kentucky, and I'm drinking a Pennsylvania beer, Yingling Black and Tan is what mm-hmm. uh, is what I got with me. Um, but uh, but it'll do. It works it works out well. Last weekend I stopped at your favorite brewery, man. Uh, four fifty yeah, yeah, north yeah. is it four fifty north? It's a county road. I can never remember it well. Yeah, four fifty north. That's the one. Yeah. I was uh, I was social distancing down in Bartholomew County, and I was just uh, five or six miles away. So it worked out uh, worked out really nicely. It was my first time uh, visiting, trying uh, trying to support the uh, the local brewery scene. We uh, I got some Mad Paddle a couple weeks ago. Our uh, our pal Mike Broyles went uh, went down to Madison and uh, and filled some filled some Mad Paddle for me and brought it back. The uh, I was talking to Sean Rao, Liberty Defender Sean Rao. Uh, via text this week, and I, I realized that there is not a single place in Henry County to get a growler filled Dakota. That's true. We got We're nothing. The, we yeah, are not I, Henry County. Michelle Obama used to talk about food deserts, and uh, I really hope that maybe the next president, whoever he he may be, will talk about uh, craft beer deserts because I think it's it's a, it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. We're living in one of them. Newcastle is the largest city in the state that doesn't have its own brewery, right? Rushville just opened theirs. I, I mean, look, what a we time can drive, to open a new. We can drive. We can drive to Wooden Bear. We can drive to. Uh, we can drive to Rushville, but uh, but it's not. It wouldn't be the same as having the uh, having the Rain Tree Brewery or even a tap house. It doesn't have to be a brewery. I don't care if they don't brew it yeah. there. It's fine. But I just want somebody to provide local craft beer that I can I can go get a thirty two ounce uh, bullet or a sixty four ounce uh, growler yeah. filled. You know, it would be an amazing thing for um, yeah, like uh, that. We'll have to talk to our friends at Block and Brew at Montgomery's about that. Seems seems like it'd be a good idea. Real good time to real good time to make some of that work. Speaking about the next president making these decisions, Justin Amash. Am I pronouncing his name correctly? I am, right? Justin Amash or Justin Amash? Is it, is it Amash. tomato, tomato? Amash. All right, good. He, uh, he made history in the, it, well, in the past seven days, we'll say. Became the first libertarian in the House of Representatives. Uh, so that was a big deal. There's now, if you look on Wikipedia and you look up uh, the House of Representatives, then you will see one little golden dot amongst a sea of red and blue. And the actual the uh, the clerk of the the uh, United States House of Representatives reflects uh, reflects him as well. So there is a libertarian serving in Congress, which is a big deal for somebody that spent. We both spent a lot of time uh, working for libertarian candidates and working through the party structure and uh, it meant a lot to have a, to, to have a, an elected libertarian now in, in Congress. Especially as someone who aligns so closely with uh, my personal libertarian views, which would be Justin Amash. He's a much more of the pragmatic um, person mm-hmm. in the libertarian party. He's much more on that, uh, that, um, he has a realistic worldview, I guess we'll say. He knows uh, the uh, he knows the beast very well. He's been living inside of it for for some time, and uh, um, you know it's. Uh, it, I'm glad that uh, our first elected libertarian in a national seat is not uh, someone from the audacious caucus. I'll put it that way. Uh, no, you have to be electable to to get into Congress like that, and uh, and Justin is. So he he did that. Um, I think, I think he's going to represent us well. Um, the national committee, uh, and the national chairman, uh, chairman Sarwark, uh, made the decision today that their national convention, the libertarian national convention is going to be Memorial day weekend, uh, which is the date it was originally scheduled for. Uh, but now they know for sure that it's going to happen. But instead of being in Austin, Texas, it's going to be on your computer. It's going to be virtual, uh, which happens. That's, uh, I think that's pretty much what, everybody has has had to Which, go to now at this point to um, commend uh, nick sarwark once again i believe it was the right call and i know that's uh, the call that he was uh, fighting for from the beginning 
Um, and there are, there are other folks that are totally against that. They wanted to have an in-person convention no matter what. And even if they had to uh, do it in June or do it somewhere else, um, I think that an online convention will, will work well. I think it is uh, the, the best move for, for a party that wants to be taken more seriously during this current election cycle. It's going to be different. This is this is a year of everything being unprecedented, right? Um, but I, there were no guarantees. There's no there's no guarantees that anybody is going to be up and running again. And I think they, it, it's such a tough decision, right? Everybody likes to get together and do and trying to conduct business virtually. You know, it's hard enough with five or six people. I did a, <laughs> I did a family birthday party uh, on Saturday, maybe Sunday. It was Monday night. It doesn't matter. But I think it was Monday night. Did a family birthday party that lasted about four hours, and there were about 16 or 17 people on there. And I don't know how you conduct that with 500 delegates. It's not going to be easy because everybody thinks that they have their turn at the microphone and everybody has their chance to so speak. The, uh, the best solution that I saw was that a, the state chairman would have two Zoom meetings going at one time. One Zoom meeting would be going for the national convention. One Zoom meeting would be going for the state chairman and all the, that state's delegates. Whenever it came time to vote, that state's delegates would vote and give the results to the party chairman. The party chairman would announce that results on the Zoom meeting going on the national side. And that is how things would be tallied. To is me, that, is that the that official rules, or that's what? You, is that that's what you not think? the official rules. That's just I I saw that recommended uh, by a number of people. I just wanted to say that I think that that is, in my mind, it is the way that makes the most amount of sense to make it happen peacefully and uh, and uh, to go over as smoothly as possible. It's also a way to make sure to ensure that the votes are are counted correctly. There's no, no funny business going on um, as long as we can trust the chairman of each state. So Amash has de- has declared he's running. He, he's, he's made his declaration about six weeks, five weeks, six weeks before the, the national convention. Folks have been running for, for about a year now. Uh, Joe Jurgensen, uh, John Mons, Jacob Pornberger, Jim Gray just got back in, just got in the race, who was the vice presidential nominee eight years ago. Jorgensen was a vice presidential nominee, I think, I want to say 96 or 2000. Uh, so there's some longtime libertarian folks. Uh, the dude with the boot on his head uh, with free ponies. Vermin Supreme. Vermin Supreme has been, uh, has been hanging around the party and running for a couple of years and has actually been doing a lot of... Uh, um, recruitment of, uh, of, of supporters to, to join the party. So there's been some growth with, uh, with, with the mockery he's made of the, of the, of the process. Um, there's no guarantee that Amash is actually going to be the nominee. It makes a lot of sense to me, but I guess it's, it, it's, uh, it's not a done deal. You know, no, when Gar- it's not. eight, eight there- years ago when Gary Johnson came in and he was a Republican that jumped in, it, it was only, it were basically two candidates traveling around the country him and uh, and one other fellow that uh, that were running. That was it. it, it this is this is a much more crowded field with folks that have been running for a while. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I th- I really think, and I hate to say it, uh, but I think that it, it's going to boil down to Vermin Supreme or Justin Amash, and uh, that's I've seen Vermin Supreme. Um, a lot of people talking about him, but the, here's the thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's uh, just like uh, our friend, Steve Horowitz, Steve Horowitz said, uh, he, he put on social media. Do we want this to be a philosophical discussion group or do we want to be a political party and a political party exists solely to get people elected to elected positions? If you want to do that, you have to be taken seriously by the American populace and a man with a boot on his head who's screaming about free ponies and dental hygiene is not going to be taken seriously on a national stage. That is uh, 
Christy Avery's facts. Christy Avery's in the chat. She reminds me that it was R. Lee Wrights. The late R. Lee Wrights was the uh, was the fellow who ran against Gary Johnson. And his his message. We talked about him on the show before. His message was end all wars, end the drug war, and end uh, end, end the, the international wars. Uh, both excellent points. The the way I handicap at Dakota, uh, I'm not a delegate because they uh, because they insisted on scheduling the national convention for the uh, for the weekend of the greatest uh, sporting event on the planet and the single largest sporting event in the world. Uh, I won't be there. It, it, I, I I'll be there in May now. The Indy 500 where the Indy 500 is in August, unfortunately, uh, but it was a conflict. So I did not run for a delegate position. Everybody doesn't get to be a delegate. Your state has a number of positions available, and those seats were taken before the date was changed. So I will not be a delegate to the national convention. Um, I wish all of the Indiana folks well as they log in to Zoom or whatever platform to make that happen. Uh, but if I'm handicapping it, I think I think Amash has got the pragmatic folks that are going to be on his side, uh, and I I don't think. I don't think free ponies are going to be the thing that folks are looking at. I think it's going to be the longtime party folks that are loyal to Mons or Jurgensen or Hornberger versus the pragmatic group that's going to go with Amash. I've seen a lot of folks get excited and come back in and have interest in Amash that didn't before. And I think he has a crossover appeal where as and the gravitas will say that I think is going to bring in more outsiders that are going to consider him to be very, very, um, very much worthy of, of standing on a stage with, uh, with Trump and Biden. Right. And that is, uh, that should at least be our main goal as we look towards the presidential election is to just get our guy on as much national media on the debate stage, if possible, but really just as much media coverage as possible. It's just like whenever we're talking about the governor's race for the state of Indiana, we aren't looking for a guy that's going to necessarily be elected. Yeah, that would be absolutely wonderful. But whenever we're talking about someone like Rex Bell, whenever he ran, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't necessarily fooling ourselves. We knew that the chances were extremely slim that he would get elected, but he's going on the debate stage with John Gregg and Eric Holcomb, and he's talking about libertarian talking points. And what the main focus is, is helping all the folks that are down ballot candidates. As he is up there on the debate stage and he's talking about what we believe in, what libertarians stand for, and uh, what our positions are. We want someone who goes up there who is professional, who knows our points, who does a good job at articulating them in a very pragmatic way and showing how they would work on a national level. And people that are sitting at home can go, man, what is this Libertarian Party? And then they go, oh, look, Chris Guffey is running for city council in my ward. I should vote for him. The, the problem Amash is going to have, I, I think he's going to be very well liked by the Libertarian Party folks, uh, but they, the frustration that the folks that have been in the party for five years, 10 years, 15 years have is the people that I know that have been in the party are running for president, and this guy's Johnny-come-lately, right? And normally what happens, what Gary Johnson had eight years ago is he had the opportunity to go to state conventions. He got in a little bit earlier than Amash did this time, and he actually got to go meet these delegates uh, and spend a little time pressing the flesh and, and doing the retail politics. Getting us in as late as Amash did this time, he still would have had that opportunity if they had an in-person convention, but now it's virtual. So what we've seen, and we've seen this coming from, uh, from Jim Gray uh, and from his uh, running mate, uh, Larry Sharp, who ran for governor of New York uh, two years ago, They've been calling each delegate. The delegates are known, and they've been working the phones. And those folks, the Amash team has to do that, too. I guess that's what I'm saying. They need to get their butt in gear. They need to be talking to delegates, and they need to be lining people up now. Uh, they've got to do the work, put the time in. It's just like uh, if you watched House of Cards and you watched, uh, you watched the, him work from the whip position when he was still in Congress in the early seasons, you know you've got, to get, you've got 500 members, right? You've got 500 delegates roughly, and you need to get yourself to 250. You need to have a list and you need to be speaking with them, talking with them, and figuring out how to whip the vote to get yourself to the number you need. 
That's, that's, that's the job, job number one between now and Memorial day. That's what the Amash people need to be doing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So, and I think he can do it. It's not, but it's not, it, it should not be taken as a walk in the park uh, and an easy, an easy endeavor. He's like, you have to put the work in. Uh, number one thing is getting the nomination. We learned that, uh, you know, it, we, we've seen contested nomination fights uh, nationally and in the state party, uh, you know, a, a month and a half ago, uh, Levin and Rainwater were on this show and had a debate and, and our, our state party had to go through the same thing. So it's exciting. It's an, it's exciting time, an interesting time. Got a lot to be decided this year. Obviously a big deal with, uh, with <sighs> federal budget deficits are going crazy. The state of Indiana is burning cash fast. Um, and now we're in an election cycle. So we've been socially distant. We've been trying to find ways to put off, uh, making stuff happen, you know, making these decisions, going to polling places, but now we're, now we've got to actually start. So, um, it's crazy. It's crazy time, but we're going to know who the, uh, libertarians are going to have for president by the end of this month. And three days into, into uh, May, we're going to know what, uh, what's happening at the uh, state and local level with, uh, with, with your, uh, your primaries as well. Primary day yes. would have been this would have been like two days ago. It would have been Tuesday of this week. Yep. Yeah, it would have been Tuesday of this week. That seems strange. Um, Christy is reminding me it's a thousand plus delegates. So, uh, Christy, you're half as important as I said a minute ago. Since there's there's a thousand plus, it's not five hundred. <laughs> you're 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 half as important as I thought you were. You're very important to us, though, Christy. Never forget that. But the principle is still the same. You need to, you need to be working off that list of a thousand, and you need to get yourself to five hundred and five hundred and fifty votes. That has yep. to be the goal. All right. So speaking about trying to get things back to normal, the, uh, the governor released a plan last week and that, that his plan was how to reopen the state of Indiana. So real quick, before we get into the five stage plan and, uh, and what all it entails, Jeremiah, what, what is your just overall opinion on the plan? It's, uh, it's not easy having his job. Um, I've been very vocal about uh, – I, I did not like the way he handles things, handled things last week. Uh, once he got through Friday and he actually announced his plan and announced his intentions, I thought that what he came out with was, was reasonable. It's not perfect at all. and we'll, We can get into some of that. Um, my frustration last week was that he didn't tell people what was going to happen. Uh, so there were businesses that were planning on opening on Saturday of last week and he wasn't going to tell anybody what his plan was until a two thirty press conference on, on Friday afternoon. Um, and you didn't know what was going to happen. And in business, you're asked to make projections all the time. You're supposed to make staffing decisions. You're supposed to, you know, you're trying to figure out if you're going to order inventory, what you're going to do to run a business and you have to have the ability to plan. Um, and the governor, I think kind of hosed people a little bit without, instead of saying, Hey, we are going to reopen and we're going to, we're going to do it on X date, at least give them three, four or five days notice. He gave people 12 hours notice that they weren't reopening on Saturday. So that was a frustration to me. Um, people had, you know, had ideas, had plans, had, you know, Simon malls had announced that they were going to reopen on Saturday. So I'm sure that businesses that were inside of Simon malls were, were staffing up and trying to get ready. And, uh, and he wound up pushing the back essentially a week. So he came out with like this, this five phases. It's honestly, it's, it's well, it's well thought out. It's a reasonable plan. Uh, I just wish that he had said, Hey, we're going to do this in stages. We're going to announce the specifics, but we, we needed to do it. We needed yeah. to give people more notice. So I agree with you. He had a press, uh, he had a presser, uh, on Wednesday at two thirty. last Wednesday at two thirty, and he was uh, announcing this Friday at two thirty. Like you said, He's, the and, governor's been having press conferences every day at two thirty in the afternoon. Right, and I'm what I'm saying is that you can't tell me that he didn't already know Wednesday at two thirty that restaurants were not going to be able to open back up on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, so. I I think that's that's unacceptable on his behalf. But I also uh, think that this this five stage plan, looking at it objectively. I think it is. I think it's well thought out. It seems very reasonable. Um, I'm I'm happy that they did it the way that they did it. Um, 
really, I, I don't have uh, really any complaints with this five stage plan. They're However, catching, they're do... catching a lot of flack because they're the of the states that are reopening. Indiana has the highest per capita infection rate, mm-hmm. uh, and our and we're continuing to see five, six, seven hundred new and, positive tests each day. But we're also testing a hell of a lot more. Right, so it, and the governor said that. Uh, we would only go forward with this plan if we saw a decline in the amount of cases. And uh, that's not happened. We have, we've just seen an incline and that's it. Um, however, like you said, we've been doing a lot of testing. Um, even here in Henry County, they have a, a, a testing site set up um, basically yesterday through, through Saturday, uh, 9 to 6 p.m at the First Baptist Church on Memorial Street, on Memorial Drive, which is State Road 3 in Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, we're testing everywhere in the state. Uh, that's that's a big kudos to the state health department for the amount of tests that we're able to, uh, to get a hold of and to get out to people um, as quickly and as easily as we possibly can. So but, what's it take to get tested at uh, First Baptist? Could you go or so, do you need your doctor's note? What do you have to – if you so want to get a test, what do you have to do? So uh, what I know is from uh, from Councilman Kenan Gray, who who said that he went and got tested yesterday at First Baptist Church yesterday, being Wednesday, May the sixth, and he he said that it was uh, he he walked up to the the National Guard gentleman who is it who's at the who you talk to first. He told him that he is over the age of sixty five. He had an open heart surgery, and they said, "Okay, you go ahead." and get tested and they decided to do a full nasal swab on him is what he said. So I don't know if that means that they are doing antibody testing or if they're just doing full testing there. Um, but what I would assume based on other areas of the state and what I'm hearing nationally is that if you go up and you said, Hey, I am an essential worker. I'm going to work every day and I'm around people every day. I also have, you know, um, like, like if I went, I would say I'm an essential worker. I'm around people all day. My job keeps going uh, despite all of this. Um, we do what we can with social distancing and disinfectant, but you know, it's, I've, I've been on a lot of construction sites the past month. I'll just say that. And it, there's not a whole lot you can do on construction sites with this, right? It's a construction site is a construction site. So and construction it, construction's been held up as something that actually you can social distance, but at the same time, try to watch. Uh, as Chase told me, uh, or try to watch somebody hanging hang some uh, hang some conduit on the wall. One guy's one guy's screwing it in, and one guy's holding it right. So you're not six feet away. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of my job requires two people. Yeah, um, and. You know that's just that's just how it is. We have our masks. We have N95 masks that we use, um, and like I said, we're disinfecting a lot. But I mean, you're still going pee in a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that's so it is what it is. Whatever. Um, but I, I, if you're an essential worker, I believe that you can go get tested. Um, if you have some symptoms, you can go get tested. If you are 65 and older, you can go get tested. If you have pre-existing conditions uh, that make you more at risk for this, I believe you can get tested as well. My sister got tested uh, this week. She's uh, 38 weeks pregnant and uh, major hospital down in Shelbyville is requiring anybody that's, you know, <clears throat> she's going to be going through the hospital for that. Uh, they want to know. So, that she had sense. to. She had to go get the uh, get the test. I think she's waiting on results. But uh, um, I, I, I told be, her. I said, if you test positive, I think they're going to make you do a home birth, whether you want to or not. It's going to be bathtubs and a doula. So <laughs> get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know that I would like to be tested. Yeah, sure, that would be cool. But I think that uh, I think that I, w- I would at least like to get an antibody test. Um, and it'd be, it'd be really nice to know if you've had it. Right. So what, it, right. The, what, what folks are saying is that if you've had it allegedly, then you maybe you don't have to wear the mask and you don't have social distancing and you're, you're good to go. And then also you're part you of the hum- herd immunity. Sell your blood. And you can, yeah, apparently you can go bake a couple few thousand dollars a month in, uh, in selling your plasma back and, and do okay there too. Rand Paul caught some, uh, caught some flack because the Senate was back in session uh, this week and he didn't wear a mask and he's like, okay, I don't have to wear a mask cause I've already had it. So I'm immune. So I'm not going to carry it. I'm not going to give it to anybody. I'm good to go. 
Well, but the whole that's a, it's a ridiculous thing that he got flack to to begin with with not being able to get it again because uh, these cloth masks that were that we're wearing <laughs> they aren't even intended to keep you from getting the virus. It's oh like my gosh, seven percent ineffective with catching it. The reason that you wear a mask is so that whenever you are talking to someone and you, you don't get it, you don't spread glee. to somebody else. Yeah, if you accidentally gleek while you're talking, which happens all the time, then or if you're just projecting your words like I am right now and your breath is going out, then your droplets don't spread. It's that's that is the theory behind it. It's uh, my it's my issue is that the government it in. My issue is that the government keeps changing their mind on what the hell you're supposed to be doing. There's some Jerome Adams is the uh, former Indiana health commissioner. And now he's the surgeon general. And there's some quotes from him in March saying, absolutely do not wear a mask. It's not necessary. Don't do it. And that story keeps going around. And here we are um, now. And, and it's put your, you have to put, you have to get into costume or do your, <laughs> do your thing to put your mask on. Right. Some stores are requiring it. It's recommended by the state. I don't think it's, it's required, uh, but it not. is, it is recommended, but me- Many folks, I guess the business plans are requiring it for employees. Customers of public locations don't have to wear a mask. It is recommended for them too, but they don't have to. But it's just the, it's the wild west of take an old t-shirt and make what you want. Turn To me, it feels like there's no standard to it and you're, it's like theater. It feels a lot like going through the TSI line where you're wearing a mask for your own safety or for your own uh, appearance of safety or to feel better. And I'm not sure that it's actually doing anything. But it's the appearance of doing something or you get a little personal comfort out of it. But I yeah, honestly, well, I almost I almost feel like people are going to walk closer to you in Walmart if they're wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask and they're going to think, okay, great, I'm fine versus actually taking the six foot social distance seriously. Well, that was the um, well that I think that the um, the guideline is if you are wearing a mask, the person across from you is wearing a mask, you can be three feet apart. Instead of six feet apart as the social distancing, but like I said, you're you're exactly right with it being theater. If you if you believe that you are wearing your mask to keep from getting the virus, because yeah. if someone coughs, if you are talking to a Frenchman from Monty Python on the Holy Grail and he farts in your general direction or he coughs in your general direction, and you are wearing that mask, then it's not doing anything. It's not going to keep the the virus from getting in. I think. Uh, like the very first episode that we did, I think we were still in the studio because we weren't, uh, no one knew how serious this virus was. Um, the first episode back from after Jackson was born. Well, let's, we let's back. Uh, that it was we like, were, oh, we were following the rules of no more than 10 people in a group. Right. And right, that's the right. same thing that my office, my employer, my workplace was doing at the time too. That was before right. we went to the full work from home, you know, shut the NBA down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, but what I'm saying is, the ball's moved a lot. In that episode, we we talked about the size of the virus, which was uh, either 0.3 or 0.03 microns, which was just small enough to be caught by an N95 mask. And at the very beginning, whenever the CDC and the WHO, the WHO, was talking about masks, they were talking about exclusively the N95 surgical masks because people found that out. They kept buying them up. We had this giant global shortage of the N95 masks. And that is why everyone kept saying, hey, you idiots that are only going to go to the grocery store every other week, stop buying all of our freaking masks that the uh, that the respiratory therapists need whenever they're hooking people up to a ventilator. Because at that time, we were still very, very concerned about our hospital our hospitals being overrun about three weeks ago, we figured out as a state that we're not going to run out of ventilator capacity, right? We're not going to, the ICUs aren't going to run out and we're not going to run out of ventilator capacity. And that's when the calls for, we have to start reopening started. Um, a couple of the items that, uh, so I, Ryan Holcomb's in the chat. I think he's, uh, I think Ryan works at, at Walnut Ridge uh, in Newcastle, obviously a very big employer and a big deal uh, economically in Henry County. Uh, 80% of all RVs are are made in Indiana and camping was one of the things that got kind of hosed. You can see that I'm in my, in my RV here. Uh, I was supposed to be up in, uh, at Dune state park this weekend and the governor, the governor screwed that up for me. So I had to escape to, uh, to Kentucky. Um, the governor put the, uh, the camping folks, uh, in stage three 
which starts May 24th. And that's when you can have social gatherings of 100 people or less. You get to 101 and everybody dies. But if you get to 99, it's okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, that's when they're going to start letting gyms reopen and they're going to open up campgrounds. But uh, Dakota, have you looked at a calendar? Do you know when May 24th is? No. It's Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Ah. So <clears throat> I don't know. And I, honestly, the governor's got a lot of things on his mind. And I, I, wish that, I wish that there was a little bit more flexibility in this date. He basically said, and maybe he did it on purpose and it was just a, a backdoor way to do it. Uh, obviously for you, 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 you guys go to your summer lake house, uh, similar to other campers. Memorial Day weekend's a big deal, right? Ours is, yeah. So the we we always have a poker run, as I've talked about numerous times on the show, uh, with golf carts down there every Memorial Day, and that's already been canceled um, for this year. Um, so our so campground is still open. You guys are our, permanent, so you guys you're a little bit different. But all right. all non permanent sites are supposed to be closed through May 24th. So yeah, every, what makes ours different is that we we actually own that land. Yeah, pay, pay property taxes on the on the lot. You, you own it. The campground is basically operating like a like an HOA. Every single uh, DNR property was completely sold out for Memorial Day weekend. They were all all completely sold out. And essentially what the state did is they said, hey, you can check in on Sunday and leave on Monday if you want to. Assuming that everything goes to plan and this doesn't change. All of all of these dates have caveats in them that uh, that can go. But but instead of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to have we're going to play with you. We're going to work with you a little bit and we're going to move it up to May 21st or May 20th. They basically just said Memorial Day weekend. You guys are out of luck. You're screwed. So it's I not think happening. that they were just they were just going by by Mondays. I don't think they were necessarily thinking that hard about the. I don't know. I don't know. You think they were going by Mondays because they weren't on Mondays before. They were, you know, they were on. It was the last one expired May first, which was a Saturday. So I, I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's. Uh, It was like I, I think it was getting into the month of May, and then every Monday after that till July fourth, a major holiday. Yeah, and well, Memorial Day is a pretty major holiday too, and he didn't. He didn't. Especially do that Indiana, favors. Memorial so, Day is a major holiday, really, in Indiana. So the restaurants have permission from the state to reopen, uh, and the feedback from a whole lot of restaurants and bars, especially in our area here, is we cannot function at fifty percent capacity. It's not worth it for yeah. us to reopen. So this fifty percent rule is in place until. June 14th, when they can go to 75% capacity, restaurants can't fully reopen if everything stays perfectly until July 4th as well. So yep. the trouble is, and we just saw eight, eight stack pickles, all the stack pickles, which is Gary Brackett's restaurant in Indianapolis, uh, local midsize chain eight restaurant. in Indiana and one in Ohio. Yeah. And they're all dead. They're gone. They didn't survive coronavirus. Um, it's a shame. The yeah. original fried pickle. It's gone. So uh, yeah, I don't the, know. Uh, I think Scotty's. I think Scotty's invented it, but they're dead too. So it's uh, it's which which dead restaurant made 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 the pickles happen? I'm saying the stack pickle because they have pickle in their name. But anyway, the we we experienced a real um, a real scenario with this restaurant business on Tuesday. Tuesday of this past week was Cinco de Mayo, <clears throat> as well as Taco Tuesday on the same day. So we it should tried, have been magical. Yeah, we we tried uh, calling. Now all the Mexican restaurants in our area were were not reopened. They were just doing carry out only still. And uh, we tried calling El Chile Poblano in Newcastle on 14th Street, and the phone line was extremely busy. And I just kept hitting redial. I hit redial 32 times. <laughs> I finally, I finally got a dial tone. And then it went to an answering machine message. So it's like, well, they're just swamped right now. They're just being hammered really hard. Uh, so then I called uh, Los Charos D and G in Knightstown, and uh, I I called those folks. Same thing. It was a busy dial tone, and I I tried it twenty times, and I finally Gosh. was like, you really wanted some Mexican it. food. So I looked on their Facebook page and. Uh, I, and they said you can order through their website. I got on their website. The website was down because there's so much traffic. 
there's so much traffic on their website. It was down. And then uh, they put another Facebook post up that said, we're taking orders to messenger. So I sent them a message and I said, uh, and we had, uh, uh, my sister-in-law and our niece was over. So we got, we got 10 tacos and two margaritas to, to split between, um, everybody between the two and, babies and, and the three adults, four adults. Yep. Yep. And, uh, so I was like, I, I just ordered that and he said it would be 30 minutes. I was like, Oh sweet. So I go there and, uh, there is probably 25 people standing outside of the restaurant. <laughs> There's not a place to park and they are going outside and they're calling one person in at a time to pay for their order and pick up their food. And were they calling you by name or how was it? Was it just chaos? They were, they were assigning numbers whenever you ordered your food through messenger or the website. So they had a good system. It was very efficient. Um, However, they, they did not expect, I don't think they, they anticipated how much they were going to get. Uh, and, <laughs> and the, so they told me 30 minutes, I got there at the 30 minute mark and I stood outside with uh, all the people who, uh, by the way, ninth sound, good job. We, everyone maintained social distancing by the time that I left. I think at the very peak, there was probably 40 people that were standing in the street outside of the restaurant. There's a night's town block party, buddy. Yeah. There were so many people that there was a, there was an emergency call and the fire truck couldn't get through. So he had to go around. It was, it was intense. It was absolutely amazing. Um, it was, I, I waited actually, it was like 50 minutes on the dot and I was, I went in and paid and I was like, and the, the dude was like super apologetic. I don't want to dog them and say that, you know, Oh, they were 20 minutes longer than what I thought because well, they got slammed. That's what they got and he's yeah. like, I'm so, so, so sorry. He's like, I apologize. He's like, did not, didn't know that it was going to get this busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're okay. <laughs> I was like, it's totally fine, man. As long as my food is warm, whenever I get home and the margaritas still have ice in them, I don't care. And, uh, it How was, did they do the margaritas? Did they delicious. give you the mix? Did they give you the mix? And then you had to pour the vodka, the, uh, the tequila in. Yeah, so they give you a, a a little bottle, a hundred milliliter bottle of Jose Cuervo for one thirty-two ounce margarita. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you and you take it that way. Um, they were doing this special where it was ninety-nine cents for a soft shell taco, a dollar ninety-nine for a hard shell taco, and then you got a dollar off of a margarita purchase. So they had good deals going on that day, and I don't. And I think they were like, oh, we need to do these good deals so that we increase business. And then they, uh, they like, could have charged, charged premiums and been just fine. Yeah, it was like not this much more business. <laughs> well, I think I think people are figuring out quarantine is over. Whether the government says it or not, I think people are just saying the heck with it. They've, they've, they've gone just enough. This last week, you can tell people's attitudes and wh- where they're going and what they're doing that this is that the quarantine uh, mindset has has come to an end. And by the way, the gas prices have jumped too. Uh, as soon yep. as we started driving her a little bit more, gas went from a dollar twenty nine a gallon to about a dollar eighty five a gallon, dollar ninety a gallon in Newcastle. Uh, so there was a big jump, uh, really, really fast there. And the the thing about so I posted on social media this week about gyms, and you were talking about gyms. Um, yeah, you got. They're they're supposed to kind of be back open, but they can't fully be back open, right? That's their. Yeah, the, yeah, they can't fully be back open that in that stage three, May 23rd through 24th. They have to follow strict um, guidelines to maintain social distancing and they have to make sure that all the equipment is disinfected after each person uses it. So I've, they're, they're I've open on, with restrictions from May 24th through July 4th, essentially. Right. So I put on my Facebook page that I don't think that I, I put that. I'm not going to be able to go back to the gym July 4th because I, I'm assuming May 24th, July 4th, you should be fine. Right? Well, I was thinking I wouldn't be able to go back till July 4th because my thought is that anytime fitness in Newcastle, which is the gym that I go to, I, I don't see how it's possible. They're going to have to move things around with the equipment in there. It's not a very big facility. It's a good facility. Um, that's why I keep going there, but I just, it's not huge. They're going to have to move equipment around to maintain that six feet distancing. If two people are on 
pieces of equipment next to each other. Um, and you know, they want to open their classes back up. They're going to have to get, because, you know, they have personal trainers that are out of work right now and they need to get back to normal. That's really where a gym makes their money at is from, is from people signing up for classes and personal and, training. And sessions. the people that sign up in January for a year and then they never come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's don't also, forget about that. That's also that's, highly profitable. That's a big one. There but, are people that don't know their gym's closed because they haven't tried to go yeah. since February. But of the of the people that go to the gym regularly, those are the people who gyms make money off of. Yep. So they need to get those back open. They're going to have to expand that space quite a bit if they want all 20 people in their class to be able to maintain social distancing. So I don't know how it's going to work. Um, I talked to John Dugan, who is the manager at Anytime Fitness, and he said that uh, that they have developed a plan. They are planning on opening up on May 24th. So that's good news. Um, so this is, you know, this is the other part of this that is frustrating, talking about the governor, is that they essentially – every business has to have a plan and post it, and, and you have to kiss the ring of the governor and the executive office to get reopened. And some people are getting it done and some aren't, and it's working for some, it's not working for others. Uh, it, word is today, Newcastle Motorsports Park at, down in Spiceland, Newcastle, Spiceland, uh, Excise came in and shut them down today. They've been operating for a couple of weeks. And uh, the, the, I know the county commissioners and their ordinance with the health department have been, have been working to get them open and keep them open. Uh, and the state came in and, and for whatever reason didn't like their plan or didn't like what was happening and shut them down. So it, it's not a blanket, it's okay. And every, it seems like everybody has to, it's very specialized. And I, I guess what I'm saying is it, seems, it sounds like some of this is becoming a little bit arbitrary as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like you said, quarantine's over whether the government wants it to or not. Yeah. I, it's, that's just the way it is. You know, we are taking precautions in our house as, as what we feel is needed. Um, I'm lucky enough that my job, I have access to cloth masks as well as N95 masks. Um, so my family has them. Um, we are able to, to, I, I wear a mask. I wore a mask today whenever I was in Aldi doing shop, doing grocery shopping. Um, are you, are you going out alone or are you going as a family? Going out go of the grocery, going out alone. Um, yeah, so it's uh, Audrey's been a couple times. Um, I I've been a few times. It's just it's the more responsible thing to do. I feel, especially um, with a newborn, and he's you know getting to where he he's two and a half months old now, um, about to be three months. Does he he's ask at, about me yet? He hasn't yet. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So we're getting to that stage to where. Um, He's developing an immune response. His immune system is starting to function. He's at, well, I shouldn't say function. He actually has the start of an immune system now. Um, we have, we give him probiotics every day. Um, it's just, the, we, which we would have done that regardless. I'm a, a huge proponent of probiotics regardless. So, but it's, it, it's still worrisome because the data isn't there yet for how it affects newborns because I mean, there's not as many newborns as what there are regular people. One, one last, uh, no, obviously they're, uh, they're, they're, they're on the beginning of the sampling scale there. Uh, yeah. one, one last reopening tidbit, uh, take one last glorious look at my, uh, at my beard and my, my long hair. I've been getting this weird, like it's almost curling in the back. It's so long. I, I've not, I don't know what to do about the back of my head. It's, it's getting in the mullet stage here. Um, but I am, I am on the very front end. I think I'm the second haircut at MVP on reopening day on Monday. Ooh. So I am, I am scheduled. I'm right after councilman Malicote. Uh, I, apparently the council, apparently the yeah. council people take care of the council people. So I, yeah, and since I couldn't, I, since I, since I couldn't win that election, I have to be the second one, uh, that gets cut. But, uh, yeah, I'll be in there. And I, I don't know. The question is, is what do I do with it, man? I might need, I might need a haircut, uh, some haircut guidance from you. Cause I've got, I got a lot, it. I got a lot to work with. Do you think I want to get rid of everything? <laughs> I mean, I like, I, this shave is, it. I, if I'm going to shave it, I should have done that a month ago. Instead, <laughs> nah. what, the, I mean, what the hell's the point of that? I have an appointment 
I have a haircut appointment on Monday as well. Are you right after me with Clay? No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I have an appointment at 3 p.m. at Miller's Barbershop in Spiceland with, uh, with uh, yeah, down there. And, uh, man, it's been – this is the, the longest my hair has been probably since I got married. Yeah, well, you had the – uh, so in my house, the, uh, the pictures that you and I take each week – uh, I, we're identified and Google puts them up on my, on my TVs. Uh, so there, I get a lot of pictures of the two of us that flash through and there was a big pompadour phase that you had. Your hair was pretty big during the pompadour. Oh, it was era. long on the top. Yeah. But the I'm sides, the sides the were still sides. tight. Yeah. yeah the but sides. You had, you had a lot of volume going on up high. The back is what kills me. It's so strange. I uh, literally, it's starting to feel like mullet style back here. If you're watching on the live stream and you go back and look, it is, it feathers out unbelievably, unbelievably. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. I'm not sure because that was like a half an inch, and now it's like uh, four inches of just. It, it, I could go big hair. I may get a perm. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Clay's a cosmetologist, so maybe he has the technology to do it. You could, um, yeah. You should. I don't know. I don't know what you should do. You should go like for the wide mohawk style and keep it long in the back still. I'm definitely and, uh, having him shave me too. Just, just kind of shave from like, if you're watching the live stream, I'm going from like the, the corner of the hair and then uh, straight over and then back to the very, uh, the very back corner of your hair. A wide mohawk. That's what you should mohawk. do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Some might call that a 21st century mullet. Now, if folks are watch are listening to this on the podcast form, we love you. Uh, but more of Henry County is going to be able to watch the live stream or come back and rewatch the live stream because there was a big old announcement from our friends over at Henry County REMC. Yes, the, that's right. There are some towers that were installed back in 2016. There are five 190 foot tall Henry County REMC communication towers that were built uh, near Middletown, Kennard. Moreland, Strong, and Newcastle. So off of those towers, the folks at Watch Communications down in Rushville, if you ever take State Road 3 south, uh, say you're heading towards I-74, south of uh, south of Rushville, just south of the Casey's on the right, there's Watch Communications. And those folks are putting up their uh, their towers, and people can uh, people can sign up, and a lot more of Henry County is going to be able to get uh, get some broadband. Yeah, that's right. Last week, uh, we had talked to Shannon. Uh, we had Shan- about- we did have Shannon scheduled, and uh, he was ready to come on with us. And I did not. Uh, and I'll I'll take the foul here. Raise my hand. I didn't reach back out to Shannon tonight because I was traveling and was not a hundred percent certain on the timing and how this was going to work uh, with me being remote today because I'm I'm working off of a hotspot in uh, in in rural Kentucky. I'm not on my glorious gigabit internet at home like I normally am or in the studio. Uh, so I'm working off of a, a brisket wireless hotspot right now and it's working. Okay. Um, go ahead. But yeah, Shannon was, uh, was talking about that. Um, these are, so these are five G wireless internet towers. And, uh, apparently this is different than five G communications towers, which it would be like cellular service. Um, but it's a, uh, you know, the 5G thing with the coronavirus, people have got this weird theory that 5G is what caused the coronavirus, which is super strange. I don't, I really don't understand the theory at all. Like I wish it's one of those things that, uh, that back whenever I had time, I would have uh, researched a lot of it uh, because it's so. If you weren't so busy trying to survive. Yeah, if it, it's just one of those things. It's just so astounding to me. There's, there's 184 countries that have coronavirus, and there's only five countries that have 5G. But they're convinced that because uh, 5G is up and running in Wuhan, then that is what caused the coronavirus. I, I just don't understand it. But maybe we're going to – but we're getting 5G in Henry County now. Uh which maybe we'll we'll, see, we'll probably see a spike in coronavirus right after the towers get turned on. So, so this is um, it's tied in. It's a part of a program with Airband Initiative and Microsoft, 
and they're trying to reach 3 million rural households. And we talked about this. We've done a couple of episodes on, uh, on rural broadband in Henry County. And there were some grants that were, uh, that were trying to take place. Uh, if folks are in, I would say if you're in anywhere, uh, in Henry County and you don't have a decent connection right now, um, give them a call. Uh, you're, you know, if you look at the map, Middletown is the Northwest, Moreland's the Northeast, Strawn is the Southwest, uh, Newcastle's the center. Uh, Kennard is kind of the kind of West central. Uh, so most of the County I think is going to be within range of this. Um, Knightstown is about the only area that's not necessarily there, but I think they've got some, they've got some nine star opportunities down there anyway, for a lot of the folks in the Knightstown area. So give watch communications a call, uh, 800-589-3837 or jump on their website or the Henry County RMC website and they'll have the details on there. Um, but it's exciting, man. It's, I'm, I'm glad that really neat, uh, as we were looking at houses last year for my in-laws last, uh, last summer, um, that was one of the first utilities I was looking at. I think it's, it, if you're buying a house and you're in this world of streaming, uh, and, and God knows that in, in this world of e-learning and, um, in, in remote working, you have to have a, a good internet connection, uh, to be able to be able to function. So, yeah. Uh, and, and you can, you can get by with a hotspot for a little while, but you're going to have data caps and, you know, some technological issues that, that occur when you have too many, uh, when you try to do too much with it. Um, so, uh, you can get by for a day or two going all month. If you're, if you're trying to stream TV or stream Netflix or, or do video conferencing, it's just not going to shake out. It's not going to work. Yeah. The, and the 5g is exciting. It'll be super fast. I personally hope that, uh, that, uh, the 5g towers keep expanding. Are you sure that County? this is 5g or, or are you just, are you just yeah. pulling my leg? No, these are these are according to Shannon himself. Okay, these you independently are, confirm this. Yes, these are five G. Boss Hog wireless, reporter Dakota Davis. These are five G wireless broadband towers. Uh, it's different than, like I said before, it's different from five G communications, but it is a, a it's a, a faster, more reliable service for for no, internet. Five G uh, simply stands for fifth generation, right? Fifth right, generation. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, no, there's nothing crazy hokey pokey. We can all remember 2G, 3G, and 4G. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, these these wavelengths have been, it's, uh, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy. But it's, it's just, uh, it's dumb regardless. Like, just if you have any of those people that are espousing this on your friends list, you either keep them around for entertainment purposes or you just need to get rid of them, get that negativity out of your life. You don't need to be seeing it. I have done a lot of unfollow uh, or snooze this person for 30 days. I have as, too. As, Quarantine's as, been good for that. As people have been talking, I just said, nope, don't need to listen to you. Don't need to listen to you. Uh, I, I've noticed that a lot of the people that think crazy stuff are the same people that think crazy stuff now. Uh, and you just hope to God that you don't get thrown in a group chat with them. Uh, and if they do, then you need to. Oh, shoot. You got any final thoughts for me, man? Um, oh, I do have final thoughts. Um, Andrew Bowman. I have two final thoughts. Andrew Bowman, first of all, who is our, a Patreon supporter of this show. He's a good friend of the show. All around great guy. Um, he runs the uh, Bowman's uh, Lawn Care, uh, which is out of Brazil, Indiana. And he puts up these uh, YouTube videos all the time on how to take care of your lawn properly. And he takes questions. I asked a question last year about how I get stripes in my lawn to make all the other dads in the neighborhood jealous. And so I'd, I'd been flirting with this last year. I'd been, I attached, I, you know, I engineered this whole rolling system on the back of my lawnmower. You did fabricate a little something. It worked really well. Um, but with my zero turn, I kept like not thinking that it was back there and snagging it on my chain link fence and things. So that I had to take it off. Um, and he just gave basic lawn care tips like about dethatching and aerating things that make your grass grow um, thicker and fuller and better. And that's really just how you get them. I've followed a lot of his advice. He does a great job. So go give him a subscribe on YouTube. Um, my second final thought uh, would be if you go to my Facebook page, I have been doing 
design work for political campaigns for the past like two years. Um, You're selling well, your services, you whore. Yep. I, I did. Uh, I did the design services for your campaign. I did the, uh, the video and things for, uh, for your campaign whenever you ran for county council. I did uh, um, three different campaigns last year with Brantley Spicer and Muncie, Chris Guffey, and Lisa Katrin here in Newcastle. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm telling you right now, Jeremiah, the Creative Cloud Renew hit this. Uh, it, it hit yesterday, I think. And, uh, you know, it's got to pay, you got to pay for it. Yeah. 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 And that auto renew hit differently whenever I, um, we weren't a single income family with a child. When you're not a dink dual income, no kids, all of a sudden you're single income with a kid and you're going, (gasps) yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I saw that come out. I forgot that it was going to be coming out and I went, Mm. uh, dang it. And so if you are a political candidate, then I would be happy to help you out. Um, I think that all my prices are really good based on everything that I found online. I scoured Reddit for what other people were charging, and my prices are easily $30 cheaper. You're very aggressive. Basically everything. You're yeah. very aggressive. You're going to have more work than you know what to do with very quickly. All right. I'm watching the chat here as I'm finishing up. Bill Lowry's in the chat. He says, for next week, find out why the stop sign is out in front of, Memor- in front of the uh, Smith Building at Memorial Park. The reason the stop sign is out is because the commissioner said it's okay. Uh, once again, people were plowing through ducks and geese. The waterfowl were taking a beating. Uh, so they've got a stop sign in there to try to try to slow traffic down. Uh, it's a live county road. Uh, I think the speed limit on county roads is 55 unless it's posted otherwise. So I th- believe that the, the Memorial Park Board is trying to get an ordinance passed to change the speed limit to 40. Um, but not only were the waterfowl a problem. But Last I heard, quarantine's it was over and people are out there. And yeah. they're trying to get it slowed down to 20. Uh, 20 is a little what, aggressive. I think is what Jerry was saying. If they go 20, I'm getting my pitchfork and I'm leading the revolt. 20 is too slow. Nobody's ever going to do 20. The worry is that the next time something gets hit out there, it's not a, it's not a goose. It's a, it's a kid. And that's why they put the stop sign out. So the stop sign's temporary. It's been out there a number of times. Uh, when there's major events, county fairs, that sort of thing, out at Memorial Park, the stop sign has been has been used in the past. They, that goes all the way back to when I was in 4-H, uh, you know, 20 years ago. That, so I know the stop signs have been out there for a long time. But uh, I think basically the pedestrian traffic, we got some really nice days. Pedestrian traffic picked up, and the park board asked the, the commissioners to put it out there. So that's how, that's how that happened. Uh, final thoughts on my side. Uh, my lovely wife has been inside enough and she's read every book in our house. So I'm praying to God that the library reopens soon or does a, you order it online and you pick it up from us program or something. Uh, I know some, some libraries have done that, but uh, you can, you can tell Sarah that I have the complete works and collections of uh, the great author Edgar Allan Poe. All of Edgar Allan Poe is available in the Dakota Davis library. Yeah, she says no. She's not. A, she's not a fan of the Ravens. She. Uh, we have a whole. We, we don't like the AFC. The AFC North in any way, or Edgar Allan Poe. No Ravens. No Bengals. No Browns. No uh, no Steelers. And no Edgar Allan Poe. Can't uh, can't do it. We don't want any. De- no depression around here. Uh, got to thank my boy Stephen Vitito. Vitito uh, got a new sign for the camper, and uh, I went to Rural King and got a little base for it. And the sign weighs about 90 pounds. And I said, this will never do. Uh, I got one of those little flag holders at, uh, Sarah's going to bring it into the shot here. Um, this giant welcome to our campsite sign, uh, weighs too, way too much. So I said, uh, Steven likes to do stuff. So he, uh, he wound up welding up a nice little uh, metal base for me. Does a great job. So that was cool. And, uh, finally sports are going to start again, Dakota June 6th. IndyCar is back at Texas with no fans, but uh, Indianapolis, uh, July 4th weekend, is uh, is supposed to have the GP of Indy, uh, and it sounds like that's kind of in the governor's plans to let fans show up at that for the Grand Prix, for the Xfinity uh, road course race, and for the Brickyard 400, I think. So we might be the first race fans that actually get to go back. The people of Indiana might be the first that get to go back to a sporting event. Hey, UFC's back this weekend, so which is the superior sport? Yeah. Uh, those, the, nobody's going to, uh, risk their lives in UFC might screw up a knee, but you're not risking your life in UFC. I will say that the Koreans beat us what? back to baseball too. <laughs> the, 
the Koreans beat us back. The Korean professional baseball league was on, was, uh, was playing last night and those guys, there was action on it. You could start betting on did, Korean baseball. Did you really just say no one risks their life in UFC? Ah, uh, they're not, they don't have the, you, it's not, not anywhere close to the risk. Have you ever watched a UFC fight? Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the you're, same. You're fighting. Like mm-hmm. whenever those guys tap, they're an inch away from death as it is. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time they had uh, had a fatality? They haven't had one yet. Okay. All right. They've had it's in different. another fighting organization. The, risk, the risks are different. UFC, so that, well, going back to, well, go going to that. Bull riding they, and motorsports. Those the are the UFC, real sports, buddy. That is why the UFC is the pinnacle of of all fighting organizations is because they haven't had a fatality yet versus um, many other fighting organizations around the globe that uh, the referees aren't as highly trained as what they trained them here. And unfortunately people really have lost their lives. Yeah. Fighting. That's uh, okay. All right. I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> all right. That's enough of this. We will see you all next Thursday. We appreciate everybody for listening. Like share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. We will be back, be back in studio next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.